0: I guess it's me. I don't have a schedule. Okay, good morning. Good to see you. Luke chapter 14 in your Bibles. Go ahead and find that. Brother Peter, well, it's a blessing. See you, bro. God bless you. I enjoyed fellowshipping with you when we were in Hammond for that meeting and and uh, I was encouraged just listening to you in the car when we had a bit of time together about what God is doing and just good to see you pushing on and and going on and and still tender to God you know I I I know what that's like when you're you're up front you're talking to people and then you have a remembrance of a moment and it touches your heart all over again you remember what something somebody said you remember a place you're at and uh have you noticed that uh most of the mission work around the world is being done by old people, or older, you know, I put myself in that category. And actually, that's a little bit problematic, because, um, you know, whilst I think, you know, there's uh, uh, people who are a bit older, they have maturity, and they, uh, they often have uh, uh, tenacity and, and stickability, they stay at it, but we need our younger people to be inspired to serve God and... And to, to really realise what a great life it is serving God, it, it's, it's the most amazing thing, it's incredible. And uh, you get to do uh, amazing things that count for eternities and uh, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great choice to live life. None of us uh, serving on the mission field or serving God you know, in our own countries uh, feel deprived that we missed out on things because we put God first. Uh, we don't feel that way. We we feel that God is just blessed abundantly. Uh, I'm going to preview my tonight's message. If Jesus doesn't come first, but um, tonight, if you if you're back, I'm just going to talk to you about how to live your life. Just I've just got some simple things to share with you about just how to do life. And uh, I've just found that uh, as I go around the world in different places, that it's just a uh, uh, it comes up everywhere. Uh, isn't it true? It seems like the more that the more that we have it seems the more uncertain we are how to live you know and there's a there's been an industry birthed itself in the last couple of decades on people writing books telling us how to live life you know how to how to cope with stress how to you know how to how to just sort of get by in life and you know my grandfather never read books like that they weren't around (coughs) He came back from World War II and uh, he just had to live life. Uh, but it seems that as uh, prosperity has increased, people are more discontent. Have you noticed that? They seem like people can have everything they need. I'm not saying everything you want, but people can have everything they need and yet they are discontent with life. They are struggling about, uh, you know, just how to do life and they seem to have lost their way and, and the answer to some is to attach themselves to a radical cause and uh, they, they seek uh, something in that and we might, you know, we'll touch a little bit on that tonight but, uh, but uh, just how to live life and, and I don't have all the answers but I'm very certain the Bible does and uh, we just need to immerse ourselves in the Bible. Look, it's been a wonderful morning in church. We're going to have a good day in church today. All right, I'm sure of that. We're going to have a good day in church today. And this is going to be a respite for us. And we will be encouraged by the word of God. We've been encouraged already. And uh, the closest thing you get to heaven while you're on earth uh, is your local church. And we're not saying your local church is heaven, but you get a taste of some of the things you'll get in heaven, Uh, meaning uh, the fellowship, the word of God. The Holy Spirit will be with you tomorrow as you're a saved person, but he's with us now in a different way than he'll be with you tomorrow, okay, because when we gather together like this in his name, he comes in greater measure, all right, so that's why a lot of things happen in the local church and why it's really important and uh, we'll have a good day today, that was a wonderful testimony, boy that encouraged me. Uh, I, I just thank God for people like our brother uh, who have endured uh, so much uh, personally and yet have not taken their eyes off what, uh, you know, what it's really about, what matters, and that's a wonderful story. And let me tell you, by the way, there are people uh, around the world uh, who are still excited about serving God. They're committed uh, they're out there doing it. They're seeing people come to Christ. Uh, they're immersing themselves in the work of God, the moving of the Holy Spirit. And I, I want to tell you that because I don't want you to think it's dead. Uh, I te- it's diminished, but it's not dead. They are out there. They, you just don't know them all, but they're there. And they're in many places. And there are people going on, pressing forward, excited about the work of God. And, uh, and so it should be. And we need to continue to, uh, you know, encourage each other that we stay that way. And uh, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to get around people like our brother. Don't 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 uh, live under circumstances. All right. We all have circumstances, and some days are more difficult than others. Uh, but don't don't let difficult circumstances define your life. Don't don't. We all have them. Uh, we we, the, the, we all have issues. We all have things. We have people. We have relationships. There's lots of complications in life. And I, I said to uh, I said to someone. Uh, well, I can tell you, I saw Brother Rivo this week, and I uh, had a sitting down, had a chat with him, and uh, he was just asking me a few questions, we were just just fellowshipping, to be honest. And and I said, Brother, look, there's you just got to pick a place where you're going to serve God, because because wherever you are there's challenges there's problems there's you, you know what I'm saying just find a place but if you say well I'm looking for the place where, the, where there isn't going to be any problems well you're never going to find it you'll be on you'll be on a quest that'll spend your whole life you're never going to find it so pick a place pick a family all right and if you've got one you've picked already all right that's your family just pick a place pick a family settle down serve God and uh, endure the difficult things, and soon we'll all be in heaven, and heaven is a happy place. I mean, you'll have just happiness, and you'll be thinking, is this ever going to leave? And it never will. It'll just be happy, there'll be joy, it's going to be wonderful. We're not there yet, but we're not far either, so let's just push on. Well, there's all my time gone, so... uh, (laughs) All right, Luke Luke chapter number 14, uh, I want to read just a couple of verses from a parable and I'm going to just show you uh, a way that God works and, and you, you know, I've touched on some of these things before. Uh, I, I'm going to talk to you about just uh, uh, the patterns uh, and you'll, I'll just show it to you in two or three places and there's an application here for you on uh, just how uh, God uh, prepares what you need before you need it all right Luke chapter 16 uh, uh, 14 verse 16 uh, then said he unto him it's a a parable but it's a truth because these parables are either talking about the kingdom of God or his Christ or God's ways uh, but they're always God centric a certain man made a great supper and bade many well that certain man is God and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. Now, uh, the parable—you probably know it. The, the parable speaks, I think, of many things. I, I think the parable speaks of uh, the gospel, the, the the hour of the Messiah. that, that now is the time. And the servant, uh, the servant sent out. We're the servants, and we're sent out with a message to people who are without to tell them uh, that the 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 father has invited you to come to his presence, and uh, the father has invited you to his supper. And uh, we 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 the we're the servants. Uh, if you read on, and I'm not going to sort of uh, exegete the parable, that's not my intent this morning, different people made excuses, Uh, so it means that everybody who was invited did not come and uh, that's true isn't it, the gospel invitation goes out and everybody who's invited does not come But, but God doesn't say well you know some people have declined the invitation so well that's the end of it, God sent them out again and he said well go find the ones who will come. Uh, go, to, go to other places. Uh, if these are too busy, find some who, who are not too busy. And uh, they're sent out. But what I want you to see uh, is a pattern here with God. And, and the goal of understanding God is to understand the ways that he works. Because you've heard me say this many times. As you get into alignment with how God works, you position yourself for his blessing. All right, and and the people who don't know God, and this is the regrettable part of churches that uh, will not take time to teach the Scriptures, uh, and it's the regrettable part of cultivating uh, a congregational position where people want to come, they perhaps want something, don't want too much or encouraging, uh, but they want it pretty short, and they don't want too much depth, and they want to be able to get out again, and that's that's. A lot of churches, it's just God, you're going that way today. Problem with that is you're never getting to fully understand God. You, you, life will still be confusing because God will still do what he always does. And God will work how he always works. But it'll always sort of be a mystery to you as to what's going on. Uh, but there are a lot of things that God explains himself. And, uh, and they're patterns, but they're, they're patterns. So you could read this parable... And if you were just studying this parable, you'd learn a lot from it. But if you connect this parable up with other places in the Bible, you'll see another thing. And what you'll see beyond just this parable, you see a pattern. And so can you see that uh, in verse number 17, uh, that he sends his servants out? Now, the the question I want you to think about is, when, when did he send them to tell the people to come? And I'll answer it. When did he send them out to tell... See it in verse 17? He sent them out to say, come. When did he send them to come? Okay, and here's the answer. He sent them to come when all things were already ready. Can you see that? He did not send them to come that when they got there he would then prepare what they needed to participate in his supper. Uh, He he, he afore, before, prepared everything that was needed for the supper. He got it all ready, and when it was completely ready already, that's when he sent them out and he said, come. Now, that, that is God's way. And you will find this all through the Scriptures. And you'll find that, that, that what God does, He prepares things before they are needed. He, he prepares the provision that is needed before it is needed. And He often prepares it uh, to the, in that the person who it's being prepared for does not know it's there until he tells them it's there. But it was there before. Are we okay? So, so he prepares ahead. Now, I, I won't turn there, but uh, because if, if you were to go back to Genesis, and Pastor Shemesh, why do you go back to Genesis a lot? Because Genesis is the beginning book, and so much in Genesis sets the, the precedent for everything that comes after. And Genesis is very important. Uh, Genesis links back to revelation. Uh, Genesis is the beginning book. Revelation is the last book, and a lot of people look at the Bible like it's a it's a it's a line of truth. It has a start in Genesis and it has an end in revelation. What I've showed our Thai people, I got a piece of string and uh, and I colored the string with all the books of the Bible and so the books that had a larger number of chapters, I, I colored a little bit longer on the string and the smaller ones, so when you held out the string, you could see the 66 books, you could see the whole, the, all the uh, books of the Bible, and I had one of them hold it and another hold it, I said, now most people, they think about the Bible as being a line of truth, I said, but, but actually, what I want you to see, the Bible is a circle of truth, and uh, there are circles and wheels in the Bible everywhere. All right, it's another study, uh, but, but if you delve a little deeper, you'll find that God uses circles and wheels and, and you get to Ezekiel and they're turning all the time and that's, that's about God's working his ways, his will, it's another subject. So what I, sh- I got them to do is to take that string and join it in a circle and uh, I say, when you join this up, here's what you'll see, things that are in Genesis are now found in Revelation. Uh, that, that tree of life has reappeared uh, back in, in Revelation. And there are many things in Genesis that are, are re-found again in Revelation because it completes the circle of truth. So if you go to Genesis, which is the beginning book, what you'll find is that when God made man, and, and bearing in mind we're trying to understand patterns and, uh, here in the Scriptures, when God made man, God made man on day six. And when God made man on day six, God said to him, you know, uh, I'll paraphrase, have a look, behold, you know, all these uh, trees, all this provision, it's all here for you. And uh, when Adam got there, what I'm trying to say is that everything Adam needed was already there before he arrived. That's the point. All right, so, so he made all the, the, uh, <clears throat> the trees and the, the fruit bearing trees and Everything Adam needed was made on day three. Uh, And then Adam came along on day six. And God said to Adam on day six, uh, have a look around. Because everything you needed is already here. And I'm going to show you that that is a pattern of how God works uh, everywhere, including in your life. That there is a pattern where God afore provides it and uh, then you see it after. Now, uh, part of that reoccurring pattern, there are, several, there are several things that will come up every time. So, so there are, what I'm about to tell you is it's the same as seen in Genesis, the same is seen here in the parable of the uh, sending out the servants to announce the supper. And uh, there's a pattern. And this pattern is true for you also. And the pattern is that as God... Uh, provides, what he does, God provides, listen carefully, God provides before you need it what you need. So it's already there, but you don't know. And then what God does, God announces to you that it is there. Alright, he tells you it is there. And then when God tells you it is there he requires you to believe what he told you. And then when you believe what he told you, and the greatest evidence of belief is action, so we action our faith, the greatest evidence that you truly believe something is you act upon what you believe. So so he tells us uh, we believe it, we action that, and then when we action it, we meet the provision that was already there. And this is a, this is a reoccurring pattern in the Scriptures. So uh, there is always, uh, let's do an A, B, C. There is always A, the words of God. Okay, the words of God are very important and that's why the devil has been trying to get rid of them and get them out of people's hands okay in years gone by they tried to burn bibles uh, now, now he just tries to get it out of people's hands cuz they say you don't you don't know. you know how many people have told me that when they go to church on sunday morning and i'm talking about in australia around us you know how many people have told me that that when i go to church on sunday morning i'm the only one who brings a bible that people do not carry bibles that when I walk into church I'm carrying a Bible but others are not and people look at me And uh, because people don't carry their Bibles anymore because they say don't worry we'll put up on the screen uh, whatever version I'm, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing other people but I'm saying to us we need the word of God and the devil knows we need the word of God and he wants to get the word of God away from you so, so he either wants you to not have it or not read it or or you know just just sort of put it in your mind like it's an app and I use I use an app I search with an app but 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 an app is just you know it's it's just it's just an app but you need the word of God so Amen. the the pattern is always this first come the words of God how many times I've read my Bible and God has specifically said something to me Uh, in the word of God from a passage or a verse and it was purposefully directed at me in my circumstances at that time and he used his words to say very clearly to me what he wanted to say but if you're not in the Bible how will you get that? How can he talk to you? How, how, how you, you say, well, he should just send an angel. He's not going to send an angel. He gave you a Bible. Okay, he prepared the paths of history to get you a good, a good reliable uh, uh, Word of God without error. He brought it down to us and it's freely available in our culture, and uh, yet we won't we, we read it. So the words of God. Now, Jesus said in John 6 63, listen to it. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Amen. All right, that's, that's for everyone here this morning. Jesus said to you, to me, to those who would listen, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So the word is really important. And so uh, there will be, firstly, the words of God. So the word of God in our uh, Luke 14 was, uh, uh, go and bid them, tell them all things are now ready. Uh, in Genesis, he said to Adam, look, it, it's all here. Okay, secondly, after the words of God, be, is the requirement to believe what God has said. The requirement to believe. There is, there is a gulf between the saved, those who know God, and those who do not know God. He Well, that's a restating of the obvious. Well, it, 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 ponder it a little bit. There's a great gulf. Now we know remember in Luke 16, God put a great gulf between those who are in hell and those who are in paradise. And it was a it was a gulf that 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 separated them, and that that great gulf is happening in our culture, and it's broadening uh, so 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 much that they simply do not understand us. They don't they don't know what we believe, and they don't know why we believe, and they don't know that. The words of Jesus are words of spirit and words of life. They don't know that. And what they do, they look at what we do and they look at who we are and they search for a box to put us in. And they say, well, uh, you're religious. You you, you it must be religion. And it's, it's humanity trying to understand the divine uh, without any ability to connect with the divine. They, they're perplexed by it, all right? But that's not us. We should know that the words that he speaks to us, they are spirit and they are life. And they, they don't get it. They don't get it. But I tell you what, everyone who gets saved, they get it then. All over the world, they get it. Because uh, those who were blind, they can see. And once they see, they know. So the words of God, the requirement to believe the requirement to believe what God has told you. Hebrews 11, 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And God is still a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. He rewards them. And so the word of God is always present, the requirement then for us to believe what God has said. And then three, the acting out of our belief by action, by doing something. So Jesus said in Matthew 7 verse 24, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man. So, there's always a requirement that once we've heard it, to believe it and then to act upon it. All right? These are are the ways that you meet the provision. The provision is already there. What you need is already there. Okay? We, 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 We pray in a way that we say, God, send it down, send it down. But really it's just a case of uh, meeting what is already been provided for you. I'm saying he knows the need already. And yes, pray, but he's provided what you need. So the words of God, the requirement to believe, the acting out of that by uh, action, and then D, the needed provision is then found. It's already there. All right, so, so when the person went out and said, The master has said, Come to the supper, for our, all things are now ready. All right, you, now you've heard the word, but you have to believe that. You say, Well, do you, do you believe that? Some say yes, maybe some say no. All right, if you believe it, what do you do? You go to the supper you start to make your way back to his house, right? He said, come, everything is ready, but you haven't seen it there. All you know, somebody told you, it's there and it's ready. And when you hear it, you believe it, and then you must action what you say you believe. Or, or you must action, the and you action it, if you were in the supper parable, you would action it by, okay, I will go to the, to the home. And then when you get there, what will you find? You will find it's all there. Everything that he said was there waiting for you was in fact there waiting, but you would not have met it. You wouldn't have had it in your life if you didn't believe what he said uh, and action what he said to meet what God has already provided. Now now this is not just I, I, I want to broaden the application, and perhaps you've done it already. This is not just about things. This is about the grace that you're going to need on particular days or seasons of life, where you're going to need a grace to be able to get through, to be able to cope beyond normal life stuff. It's a, it's a, it's a requirement for an extra provision. And, and that is there, all right? It, it's going to be there. So, so there's the reoccurring pattern. Now, it, it, salvation is that way. Uh, so when I was born in 1962, uh, I didn't know it. I had no idea. But, but when I was born, some of you were born before me and some after. But when I was born in 1962, I had no idea. But my salvation had already been provided for. It was wholly finished and complete. And I had no idea about it. I didn't know it was there. I didn't know that he'd done that for me. And then what happened? Somebody came along and A, they gave me the word of God. All right? A, they gave me the word of God. And then B, I believed the word of God about my salvation. And then C, I actioned what I believed by going to him, and then D, I met what was already there. Now, this is a, a reliable, consistent pattern in the Scriptures, all, all the way through. And as you, re, as you read more than we could do on a Sunday morning sermon, you will find this to, to be happening. Your salvation was already fully provided for before you got there, it's quite wonderful really, I think, I am I, I still touched by that, it's, it's just quite wonderful that before I even knew it he had taken care of that, before my mother and father said when I, you know, slipped on out, uh, what shall we call him, you know, there was a debate, they were going to call me Kevin or Wayne and I honestly, I leaned a bit more to Kevin in my younger days, I, I felt they got it wrong but but uh but anyway, uh they they while they were deciding what to call me, and I just come into earth, you know, uh Jesus had been on earth before me, and he he left his home uh, to come down and and bear all that he did and all that was said about him. So people say, Unkind things about me, not half as much as they said about him. Well, people are mean to me. I do things for people and they don't appreciate it. Oh, well, there was another like that as well. Yeah, but but I didn't do anything wrong and they blame me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was another who went through all of that. Another, and he came down. He did all that, and 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 he went to the cross. And in God's ability to calculate all the sins of, of uh, you know, Kevin, who would be called Wayne, all the, all the sins were tallied up and God said, I need to make a full and complete provision for Wayne because if the provision is not there, he will, he will die in his sins. He cannot rescue himself. It doesn't matter if Wayne turns out to be a good guy or a bad guy, he can't rescue himself. So Jesus said, I'll come down before he even gets here and I'll, 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 I'll allow them to do what they'll do to me and I'll suffer rejection and even those who say they love me will not understand what I'm doing and will abandon me. Uh, but because Wayne needs it, because he needs it, uh, I'll come and go through all of that. And, uh, and he did that. And uh, he... He surrendered himself to uh, all that he did. There was no greater, gooder person than Jesus ever set foot on this earth. Uh, isn't it scandalous and abhorrent when people say awful things about him in their ignorance and they have no idea? You know, they know not what they say. Is that not true? Uh, they, they, and he came and he made a full provision and then he went back to heaven and then I was born many years later, and then what uh, Jesus did, Jesus said, now he's old enough to understand. Someone needs to go go to him with the word, and uh, and so God sent someone to Brackenridge to give me the word of God, and then when I heard the word of God. God was patient and then God gave me a grace to believe, to, to believe it to be so. And then I actioned it and I met a salvation that was already provided for me. And this is a wonderful story. And I'm, I'm very sorry this morning for those who are without, who are not hearing this. I, I'm sorry they cannot enter into his joy this morning, that they do not know. But I'm not sorry for you because you have been brought into his joy. You have been been ushered into his joy and uh, and, uh, it's wonderful and uh, so uh, this is a reoccurring pattern that uh, before you need it, uh, God will provide what you need. Now go to Exodus 15 as we finish, so where we started we will finish, Exodus chapter 15 and uh, it's amazing isn't it how many times we preach from these familiar passages and yet uh, there's often a little bit more, we dig a little bit more or we just see a little different aspects, a bit like looking at a ball, depends sort of which way you turn it, what you see uh, and uh, Exodus chapter number 15 and you know the story, this is when they uh, were on their journey and verse 22 says they they came out of the, they were three days uh, into the wilderness when they came forth from the Red Sea and uh, They found no water. You see that at the end of verse 22? And really, uh, very often, we assess our direction based on, am I getting what I expected to get out of this when I started this journey? Mm -hmm. And we often make spiritual decisions based on things that are not so spiritual. Well, I'm not feeling good about it. Or I thought I would get this or I thought and you know and people are people and so they they're on their journey, They're three days and they find no water. Now they're in a the wilderness, they don't know where they're going and uh, probably moments of doubt are sweeping over them. Like why are we marching into uh, a place where we don't know where we're going and, and there's so many of us and you know we what if, I mean we could all just die of thirst in the desert, that's happened before. And the There was no doubt some apprehension, but we've told, uh, before we look at what happened, we're told at the end of verse 25, can you see that? It says, and there he proved them. Can you see that at the end of verse 25? So what it was saying is that this was a test. And uh, it was a a testing uh, of their trust. It was a testing of their learning to rely on him. There he proved them. Now, I'm sure you've been through many things, and uh, and it could be said, and there he proved you. I I went through some things where I failed the test like they did. I complained, I I said I can't do it, I I, I said it's too much, I said I'm going to perish here. You know, I I didn't pass every test, uh, but that was my failure to trust, to believe, to be spiritual when I should have been. So we've all had those moments, but he, it was a test, all right? And what was the test? The test was that, that when they finally did come to water, so three days they had no water, and uh, verse 23, they come to water. So what are you thinking? Here's what you're thinking. Well, now I've found what I'm looking for. Now i finally found, oh, whew, okay, I found it but but it's going to turn out that what you found is, yeah, you found it, but there's a bit more to it. I found it. And so when they found the water, after three days of no water, the problem is they couldn't drink the water because it was bitter. Now, do you know what that starts to sound like? It starts to sound like circumstances out of control. You know, everything's going wrong. Like, it's all going wrong. First of all, we go this way and... And, you know, we didn't get any water, like, like the first day, the second day, the third day. And then when we did find water, well, we couldn't drink it anyway. And what's going on here? And who's running this ship anyway? And, and where's, let's just talk about where this is all heading. And based on the last three days, I'm not hopeful about what's going to come out of this. And, and, and frankly, I'm disappointed in the leadership of this place and that a forethought wasn't given to providing water, and I mean, just lots of complex thoughts start to rise up in you when expectations are not met, even if they're just your own, but it's a test, it's a test, it's it's, it's a planned test, it's right, can you see that, it was God planned the test, and so, so, uh, and don't think this doesn't happen for you, and then in what, what do they do? They, 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 they cry out to God. Remember in verse 24, they murmur against Moses, they cry out to God. And God goes to, uh, uh, Moses goes to the Lord. And, and here's what you're going to see again. Well, okay, watch it, watch it. Here it is again. The Word of God. The requirement to believe what was said. The actioning of what you were told the meeting of the provision that was already there. Can you see that? Okay, so if you don't know the story, God says, okay, God says, okay, my words, they're spirit and life. God said, he used words to say, you have to take that tree and, and put that tree in the waters and, and that, will, that will fix it. So the word of God, he told them, he spoke to them, then they had to believe what he said. What if they said this? Oh, that won't work. If God said, the answer to what you need is this. Oh, that won't work. That won't work. Well, what do you mean it won't work? Well, well you know, science has told me that you can't blah, 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 blah. blah. You know, we, we default to other things. That won't work. That won't work. We put more trust in human authorities than in the divine. And I'm not dismissing. Jesus said the sick need a physician. We're not dismissing. But I'm saying we put more trust in the... In the we don't understand what human authority tells us, but we do it. Right? Okay, well, you need this pill. What's that? I can't even pronounce that. Don't worry. It's Latin. It's, it'll be fine. Okay. I go to the pharmacy, I need this. Okay? And they give me a box and, uh, and I look and he said take two a day and I pop them and take them. And I say, I say to you, well, what's in that, what, that pill you're taking? I don't know. You're telling me that you're just, just putting stuff in your mouth, like chemicals, right? You're just putting chemicals in your mouth but you don't know what the form, I don't know what it is. Well, why do you do that? Well, because the doctor told me that if I did that, that would help me in this way. So I just did it. But with God, God tells us things and we question Him. Oh, that won't work. Oh, how would that work? And what we do, we we examine His words in light of our own ability to comprehend or understand to decide if we're going to accept them or not. And and so, so the Word of God came... You need to take that tree and, and they believed it, Moses at least did, and then they, the word came, they believed the word, they actioned it, how they action it? Because they had to take the tree wasn't in the water, they had to take the tree and put it in the water. And when they actioned it, what happened is they got everything what they needed. All right? Now, think about this. Long before, I guess it was long before, They ever left Egypt, long before they crossed the Red Sea, before they killed the lambs the night they were going to come out, because this is soon after, before all of that had happened and they even knew there was going to be a Passover night and they were all going to come out. Way, way before that, let me put it this way, God said to an angel, uh, come with me. Okay, right here, take this seed and put it in this soil here. And the angel said, you want me to plant that tree there? God said, yes. And the angel, and I'm just, you know, but the angel t- takes the seed and puts it in the soil. And, and here's what he does. He looks around and he says, there's nobody. Here. Why are we planting this tree here? This tree going to take years to grow. What's the point of putting this in here? It's going to be years of this thing here. Why are we doing this? And God said, I'm providing. And the angel says, who who are you providing for? And God said, I'm providing for people who will need this. And the angel says, there's nobody here. We're in the wilderness. And God said, don't worry, they're coming They're coming, and that's what I'm going to say to you. Way, way before you get there, way before you even start the process, God has gone ahead of you, and God has taken what you needed, and God has afore prepared it, and 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 you didn't even know it was happening. You didn't even know that He would be doing all this. And yet, yet later on, later on, as long as it takes for a tree to grow and whatever, you know, as long as it takes, one day you arrive and you say, oh God, I, I have a need. Jesus, help me. I'm in a bitter place. And God said, uh, mm, yes, I will help you. Here's my words. And believe them and act on them and you'll find you will meet what I've already provided for you and you'll have your full sufficiency. Isn't he he good? Isn't he more good than you know he's good? My wife said to me a couple of days ago, she was talking to one of the kids in the car, she said, when well, she got home, she said, I just want to clarify something. She said, do you think it's true that when we get to heaven, uh, all the things we don't know will be explained to us and then we will know? And I said, well, I don't think necessarily so. I said, I think, number one, it won't matter a whole lot to you there. You won't be needing explanations. And I said, but I do believe this, in heaven, the glories of God that were operating around your life will be fully revealed, and I think you'll be so awed at all that was taking place that you never knew, and how God used you in ways you never knew, and how God used people around you, and and just how it was all so marvelously intertwined and I think the glory of that will sweep over you and you'll just you'll just fall down at his presence. Amen. You'll just fall down. Before you need it, it's there. It's there. It's there. I remember a certain doubt coming in my mind as I sat on that pew over there, the front pew, I think it was a missions conference, Brother Peter. As I sat there, and God began to uh, talk to me about Thailand. I oh, want you to go to Thailand. And uh, and I was thinking. And God showed me a picture of something like a like a like a taking a book and just showing a picture and enclosing it like that. And I, and I saw something. Uh, and. I didn't hang anything on that. It was just, it just something that happened. Well, you know, those of you here, I, I went and I got over there. And you know what was there? There was nothing there for me. This, just, just now, there's something there. But there, was, there, was, there wasn't, I thought, I thought there was nothing. But God had gone ahead. And before he'd ever spoken to me, he was preparing things. So you know now I work with Joe, whose picture is over there on the and, and other men, but his picture is over there on the wall. Joe's one of the finest soul winners in in Thailand. Joe 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 led two people to Christ last week. He led adults. He led three the months before. They're all in church. And it goes on and on. He's just and this doesn't typically happen in Thailand. He's marvelously used. I met Joe when he was 18. And I took Joe in under my wing and Joe came in and lived with Suzanne and I uh, and, and Joe has, Joe, I've implanted to him, I've transferred to him and we've done it to some others. But here's the curious thing. Joe didn't, when I met Joe in Bangkok, Joe didn't live anywhere near Bangkok. Joe lived a 12-hour bus trip away. He, he shouldn't have even been there where I was. And I didn't know this until quite a bit after. And I would, I would say, well, in that you live so far away, how, how did you even get here? Let alone the miracle of meeting someone in a city of millions. I said, how did you get here? He said, well, I finished school at 15. I wanted, to, I wanted to go and get my certificate. My mother and father said to me, no, we're too poor. You can't go get it. You need to go to the city, get a job, send money back home. And so he got put on a bus. He came down to the outskirts of Bangkok. He got a job, he's 15, he got a job collecting trash. So cardboard, cans, bit of wire, sell it, you know, get it on the street, sell it. He felt so ashamed at having to do that kind of work. He wore uh, like a ski mask in the Thailand heat, a ski mask, a cap, full length clothes, gloves. He didn't want anyone to know what he looked like. He felt so ashamed. But he did it. He did it. And he went around and he would beg people and ask, can I have that wire? Can I have that? Can I take that box? Can I take that? And he did it and he did it. But he wasn't in Bangkok, he's on the outskirts. And then he was on a little three-wheeler motorcycle thing in the front where he put all his trash and a, 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 a bus, a double-decker bus, came through an intersection and hit him on, the motor, on that three-wheeler and propelled him into the air and he landed on the road and now he's about 16, he landed on the road but he survived it and he got up angry at the bus and angry at living that way. He said, I'm done with this and, and he's, he's unsaved, there's no guidance, there's no help, there's no... and he made his way into Bangkok and he got into Bangkok and some people said, you know, these little, you, you see those little disco balls? You can remember John Travolta and all the little disco balls with the, how they flicked the light? Well, he used to have little round disco balls on a string, so they're all little bits of glass stuck on there. And he would walk the streets trying to sell them to tourists. And this is, again, it's not a... And, and he said, the police would come, and we weren't allowed to do it, and I'd have to run. And every now and then he told me just a little while ago, he said, see that car park? I used to run into there because it had several exits and they, the, the police would chase them on the streets and he'd have to run and he did that for a while and that wasn't great and, and then he got a job in a restaurant, well it wasn't a restaurant, it was a lady who cooked on the side of the street and she said if you wash the dishes and set up the little stool and the table we set up on the street, clean it all up, I'll give you a pittance and so he, he got a job doing that and he would clean the dishes, he'd set up all the tables He'd, get the, he'd have the customers pay their money and he said, what I used to do, if someone gave me a note, he said, I would go and I would always leave some coins in their change because I would hope that they might leave that on the table when they went and he said, I, I could get enough sometimes that that would pay my bus to get me back to the room that I stayed in with all the other people. And he said, what I would do when I would get my salary, which was about $80 a month for that job, he said, I would go to the supermarket, I'd buy a big tin of fish, you know, like the cans of fish. And he'd buy a box that'd have all those cans of fish. And that was his allocation to live for a month. That box of fish had to last for a month. Now, I didn't know about any of this. I didn't know about any of it. But then I arrived... And there he was, there he was. He, he was, he was there. Now when I, I didn't know, but from that has come so, so much more. Now there's many stories like that I can tell you. I The point I want you to see is when God was telling me to go and I was looking saying, I, I can't see anything, I don't know how God was saying or had provisioned it already, it was there, do you you understand it was there and I'm telling you this morning for everything that lies ahead for every difficulty for every needed thing for anything that he asks you to do he's provided it already it's not that the provision is not there all right, but what you have to do, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. You've got to listen to his word. You must believe. You've got to believe. I've got people in Thailand who, who didn't know about science or other things and they just believed and they have found their provision. And I want that they have. You action your belief and then you'll meet. You'll meet what's already there. All right? This is the pattern of God. This is how it works. Let's bow for a word of prayer.